0: Welcome to PhotoWork. Today on the show, we have celebrity wardrobe and fashion stylist, Apuje Kalu.
1: And in this episode, he tells us how he got to where he is today, as well as tips for up and coming fashion stylists. And if you're a photographer, you need to hang around, too, because he tells us how we can work with them more and how they up our game as fashion photographers. We're excited we can, to have, have you. Call. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: So we're going to kick it off with our our question we love to ask, which is, how did you get started? on your journey to where you are today. Amazing fashion stylist.
2: Thank you. It's celebrity, yeah.
0: red carpet, all that. So we're, we're here to hear about you.
2: Okay, um, my name is Apuje Kalu. I'm a wardrobe uh, and fashion stylist. I got my start doing uh, styling real people for engagement shoots and for lifestyle shoots. So I started doing that, working with um, one of my, my friends who's a photographer. And I started styling my friends who were getting married. And I recommended him as a photographer. And he asked me to come on board as like the creative director and stylist. I mean, at the time, I was coming from corporate. I uh, have an engineering degree. Mm. So I did that for about seven years. So. Very related. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. related. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally different field. And I was figuring out what was next. I was thinking about doing fashion, but from a business perspective, going back to get my MBA, to okay. do like marketing and brand ma- management of luxury goods. But life just had a different uh, plan for me, yeah. you know? So I decided to just push forward with that and kind of like, just go with the flow mm-hmm. and not try to put my plan in place so where I feel like God had in store for me. So when I did the first engagement shoot, um, my friend came to, Los, um, came to Washington DC, where I was based at the time and um, he, he asked me to help him scout out locations because the couple had an idea. They wanted it to be shot in like a botanical garden. Mm-hmm. They wanted flowers. which was very traditional mm-hmm. when it comes to like en- engagement shoots. And we were like, okay, that sounds great, so we'll do that. But there, were, there was also a, a carnival in town. So we thought, well, what about if we shoot... Part of it, one look in the botanical garden, and then the other look wow. at like the carnival. Because we can like play on the rides, the games and stuff like that, and really kind of show you guys love story in a different in a different light. So the couple was very open to that because we met what they wanted initially, and then they kind of gave us this other side by doing the carnival. And my friend Elson Anderson posted it on his blog at the time and he got a really good response. And I was like, well, hmm, maybe something to this whole fashion styling thing, because something that I saw more as a hobby. Not really as a career mm-hmm. yeah. and I don't think I was not really introduced to like the world of fashion or wardrobe styling at the time so I really had to do my, my research and kind of figure out like what was next so whenever um, Elson had a shoot whether it's paid or not on the East Coast I would just go because I still had savings and I I got um, a buyout from my, my company so I would just like travel if it was in Philadelphia it was in New York if it was in Atlanta or Miami I would just go, and he would pitch me to the couples like, "Hey, I know how to stylist." I would go maybe to their wardrobes or their closets, and I would go to the store and buy and return pieces, mm-hmm. you know. And that's really how I, I got my start as a, as a, a wardrobe stylist.
0: That's amazing. That's <laughs> definitely um, non traditional, right?
2: Yes, definitely non traditional, that's but cool. definitely some transferable skills as well. Absolutely, oh, yeah. 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 Now
1: were you born in Washington?
2: Yes, I was born in in Washington. um my mom's originally from Philadelphia and was raised in d c since she was ten and my father's Nigerian <laughs> and they met in college and had me
0: oh yeah
1: nice. I mean I've heard it's kind of difficult to transition from like the wedding world to fashion, fashion or commercial world. Did you ever experience anything like that? was it? um was it was a little tough getting in it was tough. I wouldn't say it was tough getting in I
2: think my career my career path and my trajectory was a little different because uh, Elton and I were so closely tied, we kind of grew together. Mm. So in a sense, all we needed to find was someone or people who was great at hair and makeup. So once we, um, got our, our hand our handle on like the the wedding aspect of it of like the uh, the save the dates and the engagement shoots and just lifestyle shoots for um, for people we started to do test shoots with modeling agencies down in Miami which is where Elton was based on South Beach and we started off with a more boutique agency mm-hmm. and the Miami market's very commercial mm-hmm. so as a stylist um i think i may have felt constrained because i think I, initially i was over styling the test shoes mm. because test shoes are typically not about you as a photographer or as the hair makeup or the wardrobe stylist it's really about the talent mm. and making them making sure that they're marketable to the brands the agency wants to market them to so mm. i felt like oh, okay i'm only putting them in the bathing suit it needs to have a bangle or necklace on well, like well actually no it just you know find the right bathing suit that works and grow and establish that relationship so I think we worked with one agency, and I was like, okay, I kind of learned. It was really trial by fire, because I, I, at the time, I hadn't assisted. I was just figuring it out as I went, and so was Elton. Mm-hmm. And um, they gave feedback, so we took that feedback, and then we started working with um, Next Models down in, in Miami, and they gave us a couple of new faces. So at that point, I started to ask, who are you marketing this this model to? Like, do you see them as like a Journeys Abercrombie and Fitch Erin mm. Postel mm. like kind of girl, or do you see um, like her going more in the fashion route? So that way, I we tailor the test shoots to that. So that helped with the transition was the learning process of, was doing the test shoots and building a portfolio. And whenever we shot someone, like we would give like maybe four or five like distinct looks, and the models will always book work. Mm. Because at the time we were doing a, a lot of uh, location and natural light shoots, which really spoke to that Miami market. And Elson understood that. I understood that. And then we had a guy who did both hair and makeup and he understood and he understood that as well. So you had these three guys shooting these young kids, coming to like Elson's like studio apartment on South Beach, five A. M. call times so, like knocking it out. And we just kinda grew from there. So uh, Going from to answer your question to going from like the weddings to the um, fashion world, it was easier because the test tubes helped facilitate that process, and that was the learning mm-hmm. curve that we needed in order to like really execute and do great work.
0: I love that you had the insight to, like, tailor it to the girl, like, yep. to the model yeah. you're working with. That's great yes. advice. That, I mean, not everybody does that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, that's, and we really had to understand, because they were paying us as well. Mm, and nice. oftentimes, mm-hmm. our tattoos aren't paid. So initially, they weren't. But then when they saw the quality that we were bringing to them, they were like, okay, they'll find a little bit of money, like, to pay. And it wasn't much. But it was something, like, you know, to kind of keep it going and help pay. Because we had props. Um and again, I had to figure out, I had to buy and return at the time. Okay. And at this time I'm on my unemployment check. So it wasn't that much a week, you know, it, it, it was enough to like cover on like the bills that I had. So I would take that little bit of money or Elton would provide money um, as well, like to put towards it. But we knew it had to go back. Like we had to like, I had to learn <laughs> the whole retagging. Yep, Like yeah. that whole situation <laughs> and managing, like we didn't have a car. So we went on skateboards or the bus. Or we would be walking, or we would call on friends, and you know there weren't that many stores, so people start to know your face. It's like, okay, here he comes in here again, buying these clothes, (laughs) and he's returning them, not keeping anything. We had to be very cognizant of that as Mm -hmm. well, because you don't want to get like flagged or anything. Mm -hmm. So it was really managing and utilizing our resources in that small space in order to make it work and to give a great product.
0: So we talked about, like, your story, but this is more about your advice to somebody else wanting to get started. Like, what do you, what do you, would you say to somebody just brand new wanting to get started with fashion styling?
2: Someone who's interested in uh, becoming a fashion stylist, I would say intern and assist. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one step that I did not do. I didn't have that available to me, like, just based on the location. And I feel like that's one way for you to learn on someone else's time and or dime. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're able to not only go garner on relationships, but you're also able to like learn the process. Um, you're able to have someone who's been where you are teach you like the ropes. So like, interning is a, a great place to start because and we probably won't get paid. Uh, most most interns who are styling are not being paid. Maybe like a uh, a transportation stipend or like food, but other than that, like you're you're literally you are giving your time in order to invest in your future
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: so i think that's a great place to start and then once you become a great intern you can move on to be an assistant where you're an actual asset to a stylist and oftentimes um, assistants go on to become great stylists because they get referrals from the stylist or like i'll give jobs that i may not be able to do to my assistant because i know that they're capable of, of handling it um, as an assistant you're able oftentimes you're the ones communicating with the different um, showrooms and stuff like that or you're doing their returns mm-hmm. so people like you know your face has a level of comfort and familiarity there for you mm-hmm. so there's a there, there's a huge upside I think to um, to um, uh, interning and assisting. Uh, I think another thing to do is to network laterally is to find people, um, who are trying to do the same things you're trying to do. So finding photographers and hair and makeup or nail techs as well to collaborate with and to do test shoots and to do uh, spec shoots Mm -hmm. and you guys can grow together as well. I think it's also, it's always important to always be creating and generating content Mm and it's really about the journey it's not about perfection you have to really start somewhere so i think that was key for me as well as not to be paralyzed by the perfection aspect of it it's just to continue to work hard and to take each shoot and grow from it and learn from it so i would say interning and assisting and also um, networking laterally and working with people who are on your same level who are trying to achieve the same goals you're trying to in order to um, get to the, like the next level
0: mm-hmm. Speaking of that, intern and assisting, how how would somebody get your attention to do so? Like, what if somebody wants to, like, be on your team?
2: Typically, most of my interns and assistants have come from referrals from either other stylists Mm -hmm. or friends or people that I know. But also people, like, send emails or DMs and reach out. They may, like, to say, like, what they've done. They submit their their resume. Um, I like people who are interested in what I'm doing and clients that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't if you send like, a canned email where I know you just like,
1: blast it. Yeah, yeah. blast it <laughs> and put
2: my name in there. And I'm like, I'm not as apt to respond to that because you know I understand there are a lot of people out there, but some would try to tailor your, your emails yeah. or your messages to that particular person. Um, that's one way to, to, to get my attention. And I'm um, just like working hard too. Also, I like to see people um, who work hard because styling is also about being able to adapt well to change. And to adapt quickly to change, especially when it comes to celebrity, like jobs pop up like daily and quickly, and you have to be able to pro- to produce. And oftentimes it's super last minute. Like I've had clients that reached out to me for an event that's happening at 11 a.m. the next day at 4 p.m. the night before. Oh. And while that's not that's not ideal, mm-hmm. um, but you have to make it work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you make it work? So your client still look, looks great. You know, the alterations are done on time. Mm-hmm. It's within budget.
1: <laughs> and they're
2: dressed. And you know, oh, can okay, you have a fitting at 1 a.m. in the morning? You rest to your tailor at 9 a.m. And they have an hour to get it done because you have to be dressed by 10.45. You know, you know it's like those type of things that happen. So, but... <laughs> How do you think through that process? Mm-hmm. Like that's important to me. So I need someone. When I look for people, I look for people who like how do they think on their toes, mm-hmm. because the creative side is great. A lot of people I think have the the propensity to be great stylists, but can you ha- can you handle the the administrative side and the things on the back end that make you a great stylist? So send an email, but make sure it's targeted. Um, DMs as well, but I was like follow up because sometimes DMs can get lost like mm. in the shuffle. But I think like sending emails is or seeing people at events and stuff like that, or just engaging on social media as well is also I think a good way to do it. There's no school for styling, right? No, it actually there was a brand called School of Style, oh. uh, <laughs> but technically like you can go to like the Parsons and the FIT and get your sort of certificates. Right. And I think education is important and maybe understanding the craftsmanship of. The craftsmanship of garments is great, but I think I don't think that's that's necessary to be a successful stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people like offer like different courses and stuff like that, so that's also a way to to get into it is just to understand the basics and maybe understand more like the management and the behind the scenes side of it. And I know other stylists may uh, may offer classes as well, but there's really really not like I feel like you you can't teach like someone to have taste you just can't i feel like it's in, innate it's, it's in you whether like you, you have it or not and that means so people have different taste levels when it comes to clothing whether it comes to photography like hair and makeup i think some people really just have it so you can teach the techniques i can teach you how to like pin a garment or how like to help over alterations or maybe how to put different colors and stuff together but I feel like a part of that is just you as a person. Do you have that within you?
1: To me, it's like uh, college. Yeah. Like, oh, that we, you can go to school for accounting. You're not an accountant. Nope. <laughs> you got some basics. Yep. You might have a leg up over somebody who didn't have that schooling, but it's more about the experience, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the experience is really like yeah. the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, I know some people
2: who uh, put together, like, different uh, looks and stuff through different apps, um, I forgot what the apps are called, but like they'll put like kind of like laydowns or like they'll have like a mannequin and they'll like put like the hair, I mean like the dress, the purse, the glasses together. That's that's not really styling. You know, like it's different when you're actually on a real person or if you're on a campaign or if you're on a celebrity. You know, like what you think may look good in theory, but how do you apply? Like, what's the application of that knowledge? Like, how do you apply that to that person? How do you make sure that you're meeting the client's expectations, you're meeting the celebrity's expectations, or you're meeting um, whoever the client is, whether it's like the booker or whether it's, um, you know, a bank, if you're doing a commercial shoot, or um, if it's the like the publicist, if it's, you know, someone in entertainment, or if it's someone in music, is it the manager, is it the label, you know what I mean? So...
0: So many levels. There are so many (laughs) levels.
2: There are so many levels. It's very bureaucratic in a sense, but if you're good, people trust you. Mm -hmm. And I think you have that leeway to be creative, but you have to establish that.
0: Mm -hmm. So, and and like you said, the leeway to be creative, uh, you're you're bringing your talent to the table Mm -hmm. and um, your artistry. And like you said, you can't fake that. No, you
2: cannot (laughs) fake that at all. I think it shows. Like you can... You can try,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but when it it comes down to you know putting these looks together like I think you it will show it will show yeah, it yeah. Does, yeah. and it does, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and then when you get to another level, you can tell who the fashion stylist is, yeah, you're right,
2: yep, I think certain stylists have very specific aesthetics,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and people may um, gravitate towards them for that, and mm-hmm. they're known for that, so I think um. I'm, I'm, I've been hearing it a lot lately, like, oh, I knew you did that, like, before you posted. And I'm like, okay, wow, that's great to know that, at least from a men's worth um, perspective, that people can tell my aesthetic. Like, I'm very, very keen on alterations and tailoring. Mm-hmm. Like, I live and die by that. And if it can't be altered, we're not going to wear it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's if it's necessary. Right. Um, and I take that same eye when it comes to women's um, wear as well. But lately, I've been doing... A lot, a lot of menswear, and I had a guy, Stefan James, who's a, a super talented um, actor on an award season run, and um, two press junkets for um, Homecoming, which is on Amazon, and then feels You Could Talk, which was a movie directed by Barry Jenkins. So we've just had looks after looks after looks on top of looks. And when people say, "Oh, Puja, I know you did that," I'm like, makes me feel good.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's your signature. My
1: signature. Well, yes. It, kinda, it reminds me of like with photographers, we have what they call voice.
0: Yeah, same thing.
1: Like Terry Richardson with the one light. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, 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 or
0: yeah. yeah. Some they all have like their yeah. voice and it's vision. Their
1: aesthetic, aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because also on the styling side, and I'm sure on the makeup side. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Makeup and hair side, they're yeah. going to have their voice too. Yes.
0: We answered a little bit of it, but I wanted—I don't know if you have like some top tips, the basics new fashion stylists need to know.
2: New fashion stylists need to know. If they're just trying to do fashion mm-hmm. as a um, and as opposed to like to celebrity and mm-hmm. costume, like it's it's different worlds. Mm-hmm. So if when I was just doing um, like editorial, it was really about um, building a portfolio and doing like the spec shoots, hoping that they get placed in different magazines. So I worked with the photographers to pitch different publications, or um, it's establish i say the portfolio so people will want to lend to you because if you're doing fashion style you're doing editorials you want to be able to have the uh, top brands but a part of that comes with working with the top publications but it's like that. how do you get there mm-hmm. you know it's like you definitely want to you you want to work you know with the Vogue's and the L's and the GQ's and the um, Esquire's but you know how do you get there it's like well finding um, doing spec shoots and um, you guys you know do, do specs mm-hmm. it's just being able to create content that you have full creative control over in hopes that it generates a conversation or just for like further builds on for your portfolio and and um, the right people see it and whether the photographer is pitching it out is also um, key as well. So once you kind of get that established, it's like, okay, well, how do I get into like the Vogue? It's like, oh, well, there's not just Vogue America, there's Vogue Arabia, yeah. and there's Vogue India and there's Vogue South Africa and there's Vogue Indonesia. So like maybe starting with some of those as well in order to get to like the bigger ones. Um I could say again, continuously creating content like that, generating original content. Like do not stop. Spec shoots have cost me money over the years. Mm. Ninety-nine yeah. percent uh, of the time, they're not paid. Maybe the photographer may drop you a couple, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: little like gems, like you know, just like a, a love offering, you know, for what, what you do. <laughs> but I've spent money on like just shipping clothes from like New York mm-hmm. or LA, depending on like where where I was located. Um, you you're paying for transportation you know, like, you are investing, oh, you're paying for rentals as well. Like, you are paying for your future. You are investing in yourself. And it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. And you have to set aside money for that. One thing I wish I would have done before I left corporate is I wish I would have saved more. Mm-hmm. Something I because I didn't know that I was going to be a stylist.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't know that I was going to take this, this route. <laughs> so had I known, I would have prepared better financially. Mm-hmm. So That's one tip I would definitely say. It's like, Try to save as much as you can, mm-hmm. but don't let money be the sole reason why you're not pursuing your passion. Cause there are way, there there are ways around it. Like there are ways like you can borrow clothes from friends. You may have a friend who has a really nice closet, or maybe your grandmother, maybe you want to do a vintage shoot. Mm-hmm. Like how do you figure out to use your resources in order to get to the next level and to further your craft? So don't be limited by the money, but if you can, be smart about it.
1: Yeah. At Linkerby's Photography has... How do you break into celebrity styling business? Ooh. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we need yeah. more time. That's, no, a, that's an no. intense question. I'm not going to answer it within you, six
2: minutes. You but, um, So initially, I started, my first celebrity shoot was in 2010 when I first started um, styling. And it was, I had a friend who's a photographer. We were in Atlanta, and we were doing a, a music artist. And... I, we were also doing an editorial shoot too. So I had clothes already from the editorial shoot and the direction came from the makeup bar. It's like, oh, we want to go edgy. And as a stylist, I do not like nebulous terms because one person's (laughs) version of edgy or fashion four is so different from someone else's. So I'm always big on like, same examples of what you mean. Like, send me a visual representation if you don't have a mood board. Like, send me something because I want to make sure we're on the same page. Because I don't want to show up mm-hmm. the day of. And you're like, it's not what I was thinking. I'm like, well, you said edgy. this is what I thought. So I learned that early on. And the shoot did not go awesome. Um, I felt like I was not fully prepared for the shoot. And I didn't meet the celebrity's expectation. And a part of it was, um, I guess, insecurities I had myself as a stylist. I was new. Um, maybe only been styling for um, maybe a um, full time, like nine, ten months at the time. Oh. So I didn't feel like I really had the, the, the connections as well. And the other part was I felt like I was kind of set up to fail because the makeup artist who was friends with the celebrity had not fully communicated what the celebrity wanted. He had what he wanted, but not what the celebrity wanted. Right. <sighs> yeah. So but that was a connection for the shoot. So after that, I was like, you know what, this may not be for me. I said, <laughs> so I, I took a uh, I took a step back and I just focused mostly on fashion and wardrobes. So I did a lot of like commercial work, um, like advertising, which I thought was like great, even though there's like bureaucracy in that because it's like you know that comes from everyone has an opinion about <laughs> something. Yeah. But at least I understood like okay, they provided a mood board, or they they provided like what they wanted for looks, so at least I had direction on what to go of. Um, so I didn't do celebrity for like three years after that. I was like, no, thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm good on this. And then I said, a part of that really is just me, me being honest was just, like, the insecurity part of it. Like, I don't think I'm ready. I knew I was a good stylist, but was I ready to go to, like, this, the celebrity space? And I had a friend at the time who um, was a hairstylist based in D.C. and who was um, the key hairstylist for the singer Maya. And her stylist um, ended up canceling um, on a job they were doing for her in D.C. for her new project. And we had been collaborating a lot um, in DC with the photographer as well, and he asked me what I do, and I was like, oof. Um, I kind of like I said, give me a second to think about it. So I called him. I took some time. I called a friend, like you know, I was like, I don't know, like here we go again. Like I know I'm good, but like what like what is Maya expecting? Like, I grew up listening to Maya. She's from right. the same area. I felt like a sense of like honor, like to do it, but like I wanted to do it right. So I called back and said, okay, I'll do it. Had a little money in my account, went out and bought some things, had some designers that I knew reached, reached out, had them ship stuff on, like, on my dime. Shoot got canceled. Maya had to reschedule. Mm-hmm. No. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, not again, not again. So, uh, but Maya was so gracious. Like, she ended up um, paying for all the shipping and everything. She said, let me know how much shipping costs. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Because oh, wow. she said, I do want to do, do this shoot. So we rescheduled, and we did it. It worked out great. Um, We got some great looks, but then I ended up styling her for, like, inauguration that following, like, the following year. Started doing her for her tour. Whenever she was in, like, on the East Coast, I would do her and her dancers. So I would go up to New York. I would go do pools all day in New York, like, on the bus. Mm. may maybe, like, a $15, $20 bus from D.C. Have my, like, rolling duffel bags, right, on the train, going around to these different showrooms, and then going back down to D.C., like, to fit Maya, you know? (laughs) Like, that was super cool. So that's really where I got my start is working with um, Maya and it was a, just a, a referral. The, the hairstylist believed in me. He was super seasoned. He was a really great hair makeup I'm an artist, and he knew that I could do it. And that's how I got my start. And from there, it just kind of trickled.
0: You just never know where it's gonna come from.
2: You never know,
0: right? There's no, like you said earlier, there's no one path.
2: There's no one path. There there are multiple paths, and a big part of that is your relationships and the brand that you build. And I make sure I always bring the same level of energy and the same rigor that I bring to a paid shoot as I bring to an unpaid shoot. Like That's very important to me because oftentimes my work comes from unpaid jobs. Like the paid jobs comes from the unpaid gigs that you do, this, the spec shoots or the editorial that, you know, you, you shot. So that is very, very important that you treat all the jobs the same, no matter if you're being paid or not.
1: Thank you for joining us, folks.
0: Stay tuned for next time where Apu shares his tips for getting a fashion stylist on board with an unpaid or a test shoot. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Photo Work. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe.
0: And what else? Tell Tell a friend. Tell a
1: friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend.